0: Hey,
1: what's up guys? Welcome into another pod on KCSN. I am John Kurtz. I do not have Derek Young or Cole Manbeck with me today, but don't you fret. They're going to still be a regular part of this podcast moving forward. In fact, this should be a weekly podcast between Derek Cole and I from here on out. So we're in the podcast game, baby. We're ready to get back and at it here and I hope you guys have enjoyed the last couple that we did surrounding the coaching search. That's the direction we're going once again here today, only this time we're going to get insight on Jerome Tang from the Baylor point of view. Ashley Hodge is the co-owner of Sikkim 365, what I consider to be the foremost authority covering Baylor athletics. And he also is somebody that spent a really intimately long amount of time with the men's basketball program as well. He'll tell you stories about being in Italy on overseas trips with the men's basketball program and being with Jerome Tang over there. So you know this is somebody that that knows Tang on a very deep level. We're going to get a lot of insight in terms of what he's going to bring to the table. Recruiting, what he's going to bring to the table as far as developing guys and being an actual on-the-court coach, and just some great stories about Jerome Tang, the guy who I think everybody enjoyed the absolute hell out of in that press conference, right? Everybody's first impression was very, very good of Tang. So that's coming up. I will slip in in the meantime. We are still looking for a name for this thing. Like, What are we going to call this podcast between – you know the three kings of the case they beat Derek cole and i even though two of the three of us are really retired um but hey we're, st- we're still kicking it like jordan in the 45 man we're still out here kicking it we need a name we need a name hit me up on twitter at jail Kurtz. uh give me some suggestions there i won't make you wait any longer though for what you came here to hear and that is ashley hodge Sikkim 365 co-owner if you guys don't know Sickum 365 Many of you have probably seen their show on YouTube. They do a daily show on YouTube that not only covers Baylor, but the entirety of the Big 12. And those guys have actually a bigger following than I do uh, from Big 12 fans talking about the same kind of content. So you know they must be pretty good if they got me beat. Because, guys, let me tell you, I'm doing a pretty good job of it these days. Um, I digress. They're more humble than me. Ashley Hodge is certainly more humble than me. That's why he's the co-owner of Sikkim 365. They have a great thing going. And here is... My conversation with Ashley about what exactly K-State is getting in Jerome Tang. All right, welcome back on KCSN. I am John Kurtz. And obviously, if you're listening to this right now, I'm sure you're well aware, K-State has a new men's basketball coach. It is Jerome Tang. Talked about that plenty with Cole Manbeck and Derek Young last week. And now we're going to get the Baylor side of things with Ashley Hodge from Sikkim 365, who has been covering Baylor basketball for a long time, knows Jerome Tang very well and much like everybody associated with Baylor's program. And frankly, just about everybody that you talk to in general, um, very happy for the man and wants to see him succeed. You will not find many people saying anything bad about Jerome Tang. So actually I I appreciate the time. Thank you for joining me. I know this is a very broad question, but let me just lay it out like this. What what exactly is K-State getting in Jerome Tang, a guy who has unified a fan base when I think, Many had not heard of him, frankly, like three weeks
2: ago. Yeah, I, I mean, for th- first of all, John, big fan of your work. Watch all your YouTube videos a lot, so uh, appreciate you standing up for the Big Twelve and <laughs> and uh, love what you do. I, I think with jo- uh, Jerome, you know, the big thing you're getting is uh, is tremendous leadership, communication. He's really the complete package. I think he's been preparing for this moment for the last 20 years. And uh, it's been exciting to watch him grow as a coach and a person. Uh, what I love about him, you know, my, my communication with him over the years is, is he's just very direct and warm. Uh, you know, I, anytime I've ever asked him for an interview, he's always um, uh, been very accommodating and uh, just just, you know, doesn't blow off the interview. He puts puts every ounce of effort into the conversation and a great listener. Uh, You know, I think he's, he's tremendous with people and, you know, really success in anything in life really comes down to, uh, do you like the guy? Do you trust him? You know, does he, does he operate with a lot of integrity and passion? And I think Jerome checks all those boxes. And so I think uh, K-State fans should be excited about what they're getting. I think they're getting a terrific coach, terrific person. And he certainly knows how to build a a really great basketball winning tradition. He's, He's had that model well by Scott Drew, and, and I think he's going to take a lot of what he's learned and apply it to K-State. Yeah, you know, I want to touch
1: on something that we were talking about a second ago off air, and that is, you know, the recruiting prowess, and I want to get into that. I think that's what excites K-State fans the most. It's what basketball is all about. You have to have the Jimmys and Joes. But you mentioned to me, like, hey, he may have been typecast as that early in his career, just a recruiter, but this really is a complete coach. So take me into what, what the resume is, so to speak, that he has as a coach beyond just a a recruiter and what, what he does on a daily basis with the Baylor basketball program.
2: Yeah. Great question. And I I was on uh, Mitch's show. What's Mitch's last name? Yeah. Mitch Porter. Yeah. 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 So I was on his radio show yesterday and I was mentioning this, but uh, you know, he has been responsible for big man development at Baylor for the last five or so years. And if you look at their track record in that area, it's been tremendous. I mean, he's taken guys like Jonathan Motley, who was not a top 100 recruit, Uh, Carl Malone, Power Forward of the Year, All-American, Freddie Gillespie, a Division III Mm -hmm. player. I was in the practice gym, his very first practice at Baylor over the summer uh, when he came on campus. And I mean, he was no threat to score in a wide open gym. He was missing layups. He was having a hard time catching the ball. And I mean, you know, now this is a lot of credit to Freddie Gillespie himself, but Jerome does work with the bigs. But but he turned into an all big 12 caliber player that's uh, that's playing in the NBA, you know, in and out of the G League and NBA on NBA rosters. And then you got guys like uh, Joe, uh, Joe Luau, Ask you Will, kind of a similar story, major project, you know, Juco guy uh, came to Baylor, was was an all big 12 caliber center uh, then you got, you know, Jonathan Chambachachua, you got uh, Flo Thamba. These are guys that aren't highly recruited and, and he's really done some some incredible work with them. So I think from big man development standpoint, you're going to see guys that finish strong around the rim. Uh, Baylor's been in the top 10 in offensive rebounding percentage, you know, for like the last decade. Uh, that's a staple of the program. So I think you'll see that uh, carry over and then, uh, you know, shot blocking, rim protection as well. I mean, he's 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 done really well with the bigs, but that's just kind of what he's been assigned to do. Um, you know, I know he's he's a complete coach, and and will be able to to manage around. You know, all the other areas that he hasn't been, you know, necessarily investing his time in is on the Baylor staff. But uh, you know, I think he's going to have a great staff, and he's and he's going to he definitely understands the importance of recruiting. He's going to get guys out of the transfer portal. He's going to mix it with high school guys, and and I think you're going to have a good mix of that.
1: Yeah, well, obviously the the Texas connections are easy to trace there. And I know Louisiana is another area. Even I've heard about international recruiting being a potential strength of his as well. And and Baylor, I mean, who has been better in the transfer portal than Baylor over the last couple of years? So take me through each of the pillars of that, like what he can build recruiting-wise with with the connections that he has.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think he's seen the blueprint, you know, that Baylor – uh, you know, as, has employed and, and really it's guys that love to work. Like he, he is, I, I saw one of the interviews he did today and he said, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in, in, yeah. in his mouth. And uh, we did a documentary um, on Scott drew over the summer. And, and when we interviewed him, he was telling the story that he's probably told already, you know, on Kansas state media outlets about, having Scott drew over for dinner and, and only having like $10 and 80 cents in his, in his bank account at the time and, and being able to afford like one rack of ribs and, and just, you know, I mean, he, he's a guy that understands the struggle, understands how to grind and he he's attracted to players like that, you know, so guys like Davion Mitchell, who is averaging, you know, less than four points a game at Auburn comes to Baylor Works incredibly hard during his transfer year and becomes an All-American and a top-10 pick. You know, um, after two years at Baylor, and and so I think you know that's the blueprint of what he loves: is guys that just love to work. and And I think you're going to see that uh, as as a as a key identity to the program is that guys that just love to be in the gym. and 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 uh, you know, he's he's not going to recruit guys that that don't don't fit that mold.
1: Well, when it comes to the Baylor aspect of this, I would imagine this was fairly expected that he was going to get a job because you win a national championship, right? You're going to have people siphoning off your, your success. What kind of opportunities have been there for, for Tang in the past? What, what was the market like for him? And what do you think ultimately led him to to take this job
2: and decide that this was the one? Yeah, I I think he's had opportunities. Uh, Most of them have been at the mid major level uh, in the past. You know, I, I, I said this on uh, Mitch's show, but I think Tommy Lloyd is uh, his success at Arizona was a huge um, door opener for him because, you know, as, as athletic directors look at, you know, wh- how can I find the next Tommy Lloyd? I mean, he's he took he took a messy situation with a lot of talent, uh, but he was able to, you know, really mold it together into a number one seed And so now they're starting to look at, you know, what are the best cultures in college basketball and and where can we find, you know, that next guy that's going to create this culture here. And so I think you look at Gonzaga, Villanova, Baylor, Purdue, Virginia, places like that, that have these, you know, sustainable cultures that that perhaps don't have the inherited advantages that a Kansas, a Duke, a North Carolina have, you know, so, so I think, um, from that standpoint, you know, I, I think that uh, Kansas State, you know, found a great fit because, uh, you know, he does, he knows how to, you know, what it's like to struggle and and what it's like to have doors slammed in your face and and you know perhaps not be thought of as as the top rung initially. Now, of course, you know, Kansas State, if and when they get it rolling, um, you know, that perception will change. But uh, you know, I, I I think he understands what it takes to to really build this program and get them to a championship level
1: are you surprised ultimately that it took this long for him to, to actually get the job that he was going to take
2: it, well i mean think about the math of it like um there's there are three assistant coaches for every division 1 program and you know it, it's a risk for for an athletic director to take um you know, to give a assistant coach his first head job because it's, it's much easier to do the retread thing and, and to say, okay, this guy won 20 games, you know, six years ago at uh, X school, you know, so let's just, let's just give him another shot. Maybe this is the key to revitalizing his career. Uh, but, but I do think that, um, you know, getting a power five job is, is not easy. And uh, so, you know, kudos to him for waiting for the right opportunity Obviously, Baylor's success, winning a national championship, being a one seed, you know, the th- the last three years, they would have been a one seed the year that COVID disrupted the uh, tournament. Uh, those all played a factor, but ultimately, um, you know, I think once once he interviewed, I'm sure he wowed him because he has tremendous charisma. He's intelligent. He, he has a plan. He's been well prepared for this moment. So I, I think uh, I'm not surprised that he got the job once he got the interview.
1: Well, as I'm talking to you here and, uh, this will depend. I so tough to know when the coaching hires are all going to become official. He has one that's not totally official now, but has been reported, obviously plucking a a big time recruiter from Texas, the university of Texas and Chris Beard. Are are you anticipating Baylor staffers, many Baylor staffers going with him? Uh, I think K-State fans understand Alvin Brooks is is not going to happen. A guy who's been at K-State before, but beyond that, what what do you think as far as, as the staff
2: goes? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I thought one of uh, Baylor's staff would go with him, But as of yesterday, um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Uh, so, you know, he's so well connected that um, I, I don't I don't think I would I would I would certainly not look at it as a negative if he doesn't take any Baylor staffers with him, because uh, he's so well connected in the state of Texas and throughout college basketball circles. I'm, I'm sure he has a good idea of who he wants and and what he needs to manage around. Uh, some of his strengths and weaknesses, you know, Ulrich is is terrific um, recruiter, one of the best recruiters out there. So that was a huge get, um, and you know, I mean, a little bit of a surprise just because you know Chris Beard, uh, you know, I know Texas has a lot of money and and uh, certainly um, you know made made some headlines for the staff that they built last year. But I mean, I've heard Chris Beard's a really hard guy to work for. Uh, so you know, from that standpoint. It, you know, perhaps, you know, Ulrich uh, probably, you know, trust Jerome and, and, you know, perhaps was looking at the work life balance and and uh, thought that that was a better fit for him. But uh, but that's that's a big get. I mean, he's a good recruiter. And, and like you say, it's it's all about getting quality players and getting the right fits for the program and, and roster management's everything. Uh, so I think you got two guys there that know how to do that.
1: I'm about to ask you an impossible question because you basically have to be in the mind of Jerome Tang to know this and circumstances can play into this that would change things. But one of the the talking points that came about within the K-State community and the coaching search was, okay, so Brandon Underwood's your number one target. Everybody viewed him as, well, he's a grad. So if you get him, that's a lifer. He'll stay. And with Tang, I think people initially were like, well, if you get this guy, he's going to use it as a stepping stone and take the next job. Like how long can you keep him here if you do have success? To me, the counterpoint to that is, I mean, he did spend 19 years with Scott Drew. You mentioned he's had other opportunities. And I know Scott Drew has said, like, he probably didn't push as hard as he could have for some of those opportunities in the past. How do you view that? Like, what the the loyalty might be there, what his ultimate aspirations might be if if he does have the success that K-State fans are hoping that he has?
2: I don't think he's a long-term guy at K-State. I You know, I think that his DNA – And certainly what he's had modeled from Scott and even Scott's dad is, and and, and Jerome says this, he he said it on one of uh, the podcasts that I interviewed him before. He has a great saying, you know, the grass is greener where it's watered. Uh, So I I think he's big on, you know, don't mess with happy. If you're content, uh, don't go looking for the next big thing, you know, just just, uh, invest where you are. And, and he's such a relationship guy that as, as long as he has a great relationship with his athletic director and, you know, he fills the support from, from the fans and the alumni. Um, I, I, I would have a hard time thinking he would be, uh, having wandering eyes, you know, um, you know, he, he's from, he's from the Texas, Louisiana area. So I'm not saying a job in that area wouldn't tempt him, but, uh, but, but I do know that, uh, you know, he's a loyal guy and certainly his track record. I think he was 10 years at uh, Heritage Christian and then 19 years at Baylor. He does not have uh, the, um, you know, the Buzz Williams or the Chris Beard, you know, I got to stay, stay three years and move type of mindset. You know, he's, he's a guy that typically uh, puts in roots and, and stays for a long time. So, so I would be surprised if he, if he was looking at this as a stepping stone.
1: Okay, well, that's going to be reassuring to a lot of K-State fans. Um, This is a self-serving question for me because I've always been a big Scott Drew fan going back. I mean, over a decade, I, I would get so frustrated at this idea that for a while there, when Baylor rose to having success was a good program, not the elite program that they are right now, that Scott Drew was a like, hey, get some players here, maybe a little greasy and then just roll the ball out. And that's all he does. And maybe playing zone defense didn't help some of that reputation, whatever. But I was like, I mean, look, the guy took over the worst situation we've ever seen in college basketball history and took him to a regional final. Like, what are we talking about here that this guy's not a great coach? Uh, Just give me a little, and you mentioned the documentary that you guys did, like give me a little of the backstory on like, how, how did that happen? How did Scott Drew make all of this happen to the point where he has, McCaslin and now Tang and so many different guys that have ridden the success of Baylor to, to big jobs now.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, people forget Scott Drew was like 32 or 33 when he took the job. I mean, that's, you're, you're throwing that kind of uh, chaos at a 32, 33 year old coach. Now he had, you know, he had a dad, he had a brother, he had great support to lean on. Uh, but it's been, you know, learn as you go for him. And and now he's in his coaching prime, you know, he's in his early fifties and like anything in life, you do something long enough and, and you have the right mindset, you have passion for it. You're a hard worker. Um, you're going to get better at your job. And, and so I think he is, uh, one thing about him is, and I think Jerome's going to have the same quality. He's an unbelievable like learner, listener, like growth mindset, like, like even when he when he talks to me, he'll say, what do you think? You know, who should I start? You know, like, of course, he knows who he wants to start. I mean, he's just he just gathers information and, and likes other opinions. and He likes to hear other people's perspectives. And I think he takes it to heart and and he tries to look at, you know, a situation from all angles. But the one thing that he is elite at, and, and I'm sure Jerome will uh, take this with him to Kansas State, is, is he is incredible at film and scouting. Like he he really leaves no stone unturned and that's always been a strength of his. I was interviewing James Akinjo, and um, I asked him, I said, you've been in Georgetown, you've been at Arizona, you've been at, at Baylor. I mean, how much film do you watch at Baylor compared to those other two places? I, I was like, is it twice as much? He said, it's a hundred times as much. He goes, it's because there's no comparison. He goes, I, I don't know what it's like to be in the NBA, but I can't imagine that I would be watching any more film in the NBA than I watch at Baylor. So, so I know that like, you know, attention to detail, uh, scouting reports, trying to limit another, what another team does well, trying to find an advantage through film is, is definitely something that Scott has mastered. Um, You know, and I I think he's been able to evolve his uh, coaching style to, to, you know, to take the things that he sees, you know, they have this saying in the Baylor program, um, the uh, the uh, smart take from the strong. So when they saw Texas Tech playing, this no middle defense. They're like, we're going to copy that. We're going to put our own spin on it, but but we're just you know we're going to mimic that. And and you know he does a lot of that. Well, I'm sure he's done a lot of what Kansas has done and taken some things from Kansas and and all the programs that they played. They they you know you know they they do uh do do some plagiarism you know with with what they do. But it's been a successful formula.
1: Before I let you go, I'm gonna to have to put you on the spot a little bit here and just ask you for a, a best Jerome Tang story. If you have a good story or anecdote to uh, to share with us about K-State's new coach,
2: ooh man, I should have thought about this before the interview. Um, well, you know, I, I love. I, I went with the team. I took my son. Uh, my best memory with him and his family was uh, we went to Italy on a trip uh, with the team in 2019. And, and I remember we had a dinner in Florence together and, you know, just his kids were there, his wife was there. My son was there. There are a few uh, graduate assistants there at the dinner. And, you know, I just like, like he says this, he said this in our documentary. And I mean, he, he's truly a guy that like, he radiates when other people are happy. Like, like when he sees, like a uh, joy in his kids or his players or other people like it just sparks something in him. And, and it just takes his like, uh, his, his infectious, you know, um, personality to another level. So, so that was a really good memory. We had a great dinner, um, you know, and it was just a great fellowship. And, and I, and I think that's probably the one thing that, you know, is my takeaway from him is that when he sees other people happy, like it, it, uh, there's no comparison is the thief of joy with him. I mean, he loves to see other people happy. And, and I think he's going to create that infectious uh, joyful enthusiasm with K state basketball as a result of that.
1: Yeah. You can definitely already see uh, some of that taking shape in, in his limited amount of time in Manhattan so far. Well, actually, Hey, really appreciate the insight. Great stuff on Jerome Tang. Certainly best of wishes to you guys at Sicken 365 You do great work there. Uh, we'll be following along and, It'll be cool to to see this uh, a little bit of a kinship perhaps between Baylor and K State now with, with Tang coming. Oh
2: uh, yeah, no. I, hey, listen, uh, we 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 uh, will definitely be rooting uh, for each other, especially to to take down the evil the evil dragon yes. in Kansas. You know, so um, I'm I'm always a big K State fan when whenever uh, they play Kansas, and and I'm sure that's going to be amplified with Jerome Tang on the sidelines for sure.
1: All right, much appreciate Ashley Hodge for joining me here on the pod on KCSN. If you want to follow him on Twitter and uh, get some more Baylor insight throughout the year, it's AHS. I'm rusty here, guys. AHSICEM365 on Twitter. AHSICEM365 on Twitter if you want to follow Ashley. Uh, We hope to get you some big name guests here coming up as well. Uh, Trying to get Gene Taylor on here, trying to get Jerome Tang on here uh we may have another trick or two or three up our sleeves as well as we move this thing forward we're all three still pretty connected here especially derek being out there on the beat in the the trenches so to speak on a daily basis so uh, i can promise you this is going to be a cool cool project and i can tell you derek and cole are two of my best friends in the world we obviously have a great rapport i think we're all pretty great when it comes to the cats so I'm very much looking forward to this podcast and how things develop. So make sure that you do subscribe. Share with your K-State fan friends that this podcast is going to be a thing. And uh, let's do it, man. Let's make it big. Enjoy. And I will talk to you soon. Go Cats. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly
2: and easily find what you need.